This episode of Recovery is Possible is brought to you by Retreat Behavioral Health, where there are endless possibilities for recovery. Retreat provides quality care at their leading mental health and substance use treatment centers, which are designed to offer patients truly personalized and comprehensive programs that are tailored to their needs. Retreat Substance Use and Mental Health Treatment Centers in Palm Beach County, Florida, Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, and New Haven, Connecticut do everything in their power to ensure that patients receive the highest quality treatment in a safe and comfortable setting. Reach out today at RetreatBehavioralHealth.com or call at 855-802-6600 for more information. Everybody, this is Mike Van Meter, and welcome again to Recovery is Possible. And today, I want to talk about making a decision for recovery. And so, last week, uh, Parna Sane and I once again did an interview down at the studios of WERA ninety six point seven here in Arlington, Virginia. And that was the question that I posed to Aparna, and we discussed this idea of making that decision because going into recovery isn't just about knowing about recovery and knowing about steps, knowing about recovery programs or the dis- the disease of addiction or all the other things that you need to know. It's about making a decision to implement a program of recovery and actually doing it. I mean, after all, we can know how to do a lot of things like lose weight, play a game, play an instrument. We can have the the head knowledge, but unless we make a decision to implement the knowledge we have, we're not going to have a whole lot of success. So here's the interview that uh, I did with Arparna, and you're going to really get a lot out of this. And please, please, please share this podcast with friends and family and just anyone that you know that is in uh, has a need to be in recovery or is in recovery or even family members that need to understand this this dreadful disease. So here it is. Here's my interview with Aparna Singh. Hey everybody, this is Mike Van Meter and welcome to Recovery is Possible here at WERA 96.7 in Arlington, Virginia. And I want to once again bring you uh, in touch with my good friend Aparna Singh and we are going to be talking about what are we going to talk about today? We are going to be talking about making a decision. All right. And this is something has been coming up quite a bit with patients that I've been working with at the hospital. And I, you know what? I shouldn't even say it's, it's a question that they have. It's more of an observation that I've made and something that I talk to them about in the education groups that we do. And I want to give a little background as to why I think this is an important topic. We have. Those of you that are struggling with addiction issues, whether it's alcohol, drugs, the process addictions, which would be gambling, sex, food, exercise, relationships, work, so on and so forth, um, people, many, many, many people struggle with these uh, issues, and many people come to the hospital. In some cases, they come to the hospital over and over and over. Uh, we have patients that have come to the hospital 60-plus times just to our facility. That's not to include other facilities they've gone to. And many of these people will say, you know, I've tried this program, I've tried that program, I've tried AA, NA, Celebrate Recovery, Dharma, Re- Refuge Recovery, whatever, whatever. They, they say that they've tried these things. And what I always tell them is that they really haven't. You know, they've, they've attended meetings and they've, they've absorbed that information, but they haven't made that commitment. They haven't had made that decision 
if you will to get well and to do things and uh, before I get it in, in more in depth into this I do want to bring Aparna Sane back on to the program let her introduce herself and then we're going to get hot and heavy into this discussion Aparna welcome to the show thanks for having me Mike I can't wait to get it hot and heavy into this discussion this is a very very fun topic on how we decide to do something and especially something big and important so my name is Aparna and I am the host of Mindful Nation Radio here on uh, our LinkedIn Independent Media, and I have loved to explore any and all topics around mindfulness meditation. I've had a pretty deep spiritual journey that I've embarked on over the last seven years of my life, and I consider it to be a blessing, but sometimes, you know, I'm still evolving, and it can um, be isolating, it can be fun, it can be, my life is now committed to total service in that in this space, so I think recovery is a great area where we can offer a lot of service. Mike does a lot of service, so I am always happy to be a guest on this show. Well, thanks again for coming on the show. And you know, this is a big this is a big discussion. You know, and I think in in your spirit, well, I'm sure in your own spiritual journey, there was a point where uh, it, it made me maybe run through some of this. Like, what got you to the point where you decided that you needed to embark on this this spiritual journey? I know in recovery, um, let, me, let me just kind of put this in a different perspective. Let's say I want to lose 15 pounds, right? Let's say I want to lose 15 pounds. I can tell you how to lose 15 pounds. I know how to do it. I don't need to go online. I don't need to go on YouTube. I actually don't need to get a counselor. I've done it before. I know how to do it. So what, I don't, why don't I lose 15 pounds? My, I would argue that it's because I've not made the decision to do those things. The changing of the diet, the exercise, the hydration, the sleep, those types of things. And it's, the same principles apply to recovery. I have patients, Aparna, that come in and can quote the big book. They can quote the science. They've read the peer-reviewed journals. They've done all the reading there, there is. Many of them could teach college-level classes on recovery but aren't sober. So what I've been left with, and I'll get your thoughts on this, what I've been left with is it's not the knowledge, it's the decision to finally implement what you know. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. So I would say the big distinction is the difference between a decision and a commitment. So Mm. I can decide and I do decide on many, many, many things. It's just like New Year's resolutions, right? We decide, okay, I'm going to lose 15 pounds or I'm going to do something else. And we make a whole list of things we decide on, but we don't actually ever commit to making the difference. And the difference is that commitment is when you actually commit to changing different things in yourself that allow you to have that kind of a shift. So in the case of a weight loss, if you want to lose 15 pounds, clearly you have to acknowledge that whatever you're doing right now is not going to get you to the goal of losing 15 pounds because, and it's not just one or two tweaks, right? So I learned this, uh, I'm actually on a journey to lose 15 pounds, so I learned this Perfect subject then, right? (laughs) Yeah, right, it's a perfect example because I was one of those people that was like, okay, let me look on YouTube because then, you know, there's always some gimmick, right? There's, uh, and not, not that all of these things are gimmicks. There's a lot of good advice on there, like in uh, intermittent fasting, there's keto, there's this and this and this. But, and I was listening to that for over a year before I was actually getting anywhere because I didn't make the commitment to change. All I was doing was listening and making a few adjustments here and there. But when you want to make a big shift in our life, we have to commit 
to changing most of the things we were doing into something new and adapting a new behavior. Mm-hmm. And so when you commit to, like I think there's, you know, um, I think it's Tony Robbins that says, you know, you don't take years to make a change. You take five, it takes like five seconds to commit to that change, right? So you decide and you commit to it within five seconds and then you start evolving into this new person or new way of being that you want to create mm. now for the spiritual path you asked, asked me the question like for me it was not something that I want I wanted to do those baby steps and go on spiritual retreats and go on another retreat and another retreat but what happened was um, I, the business that I was running at that time was my whole life and it collapsed so that caused me to like really lose who I was. So then I was trying to identify with some other new way of being and I couldn't find that. So I met my spiritual teacher and he said, why don't you come to India and spend some t- uh, a few months here in our center? And I did. And that's what started changing me from the inside out. And I just, you know, it just that path just guided itself. So it was like I kept going back and then I started learning how to become a teacher of yoga meditation from the ancient philosophies you know as opposed to just a physical practice and so I started evolving and it's quite a journey it took me several years but it wasn't like I I just decided to take one step forward and go to this retreat you know and and retreat myself in India for a few months but um, then the decision started unfolding but we have to commit to that thing that we want to change. So I was committed to personal transformation. That is something that was forefront because I was unhappy with where I was with my life. I was like, we had this great business and now I don't know what to do with myself. So I was unhappy. So I committed to personal transformation and that's where the journey unfolded for me. Yeah. Well, what I like about that is it's a visualization technique, right? With like a lot of athletes use and that is visualizing what do you what is it that you want and a lot of times with the patients that we work with I'll I ask them what is it I, I, I'll invite them to look at the end of their life right because we're I hope this is not not news to anyone we're all going to die at some point <laughs> hopefully it's right. not news to you but uh, if it is well I, I got news for you it, we're all going <laughs> to die at some point but w- a good way to sort of look at how the get you, getting you into the beginning of your transition is to look at your end of life and, and ask yourself, what are people going to say about me when when I die? And um, if you're caught up in in your addiction, is is that what they're going to remember? Is that the, what you did, the damage, the destruction, all of that? Because that's where it's going to lead. There's there's no question about that. Or do you want them to say, look, he or she did uh, you know great things, was committed to the community, helped other people, whatever whatever it is that you want to be remembered for, and then ask yourself, is <clears throat> what I'm involved in my my addiction going to lead me there? And you know that it isn't. And then make it then making that commitment that that's what I want but but I think the reason why a lot of people don't make that commitment to change is if you think about it in addiction we we really don't want to stop doing what we're doing we just don't want to have the consequences of doing what we're doing but 
Our history tells us that you can't have both. You can't be doing fentanyl. You can't be drinking. You can't be doing these addicted to sex or whatever whatever your issue presenting issue is. You can't do that and not have consequences. The the big fantasy of everybody in in addiction is that you can have both worlds, but you're not. And you're either going to have to commit to one or you're going to commit to the other. You're either all in or you're you're all out. There is no kind of in and out. There's no, you know, you can't be kind of pregnant, for example. I mm. mean, you, you either are or you aren't. And that's really what it's going to come down to. And then making those changes. Now, on your show, we talked about how you can go back to your family of origin, and that can be a massive trigger for people uh, after, you know, particularly people in recovery, because what happens is you've begun that journey and you've gone down that, that, that road of recovery and that change, that personal transformation. But what happens is we go back to our family of origin and then they one they've never seen that change in us but yet oftentimes they take us back to the beginning point of the journey you go back to the beginning mm-hmm. of the journey and you're you're you, after you've just spent years of coming out of that now you go back and you're presented with that again and i think that's a that's a big trigger point for many people but i think that that's that's where it starts that 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 decision point is what do you want and then when and i like what you said it's that then you instantaneously make that decision that's what i want And that begins the journey. And I think, you know, we have to remember to be really gentle with ourselves in all these journeys, right? So it may or may not, I'm just afraid that it gets very toxic within ourselves if we are constantly telling ourselves, I shouldn't be drinking, I shouldn't be doing this, I shouldn't. All these shoulds can be very toxic to our body, can actually make us sick ultimately. But I think that... You know, as we always say with any change, the journey begins with thyself admitting to thyself that this is something that I want to commit to, Mm -hmm. you know, because it is going to be um, a journey of trials and tribulations, especially like a weight loss journey, right? I've lost weight many times before, but even this time I noticed I've had to learn a lot because my body's at a different space. I'm older. There are, you know, hormonal changes or whatever it may be. So whatever worked when I was in my 20s and 30s is not going to work now. Mm -hmm. So we have to remember to be kind to ourselves and know that we take small steps towards that journey. So you commit and then there are people and I envy the people who commit and then they're just like a hundred all 100% in and then they're just able to go through that one of the ways that I was actually able to sustain my uh, my spiritual practices and journey was because the first time I started or within the first initial phases I had my spiritual awakening so that was so mind-blowing for me that nothing else seemed to matter so I saw a side that was so beautiful to my way of being that I was always like, oh my God, how can I get back to that? So I was committed. So uh, so life committed me. And so spiritually, and also on recovery, I think I want to point out that sometimes when you get into these uh, communities, like you have, Mike, with um, the 12-step process, people start seeing the benefit of the other side, right? It's like you start seeing a better side of yourself, a better person that you can become. So it becomes less about the should and it becomes more about the 
what if the wonder of what if I'm this better person you know what if my life gets to be in a flow and ease and I start attracting better relationships and better way of being you know it, it's funny because a lot of times the patients that we work with when they when they find out that you're in recovery and you've been in recovery for years the, it, it's interesting be, to, to show you where the addictive thinking and the addictive mind is a lot of times they will look at you <clears throat> and they'll think wow you've been a, you've been sober 11 years that must suck <laughs> no, honestly, they think that they think, wow, eleven years—that must suck. That you haven't had fun for eleven years, and what they don't realize is, no. You, do you know, honestly, if I could go back and start drinking today, and you you could wave a magic wand and tell me that there would be no consequences to my drinking, I still wouldn't do it because I realize now that I'm just so much more capable of, of doing so many more things. Most of what I do right now, this, I wouldn't be doing this right now. Um, a lot of the other things I'm involved in in my life, I wouldn't be doing because, you know, because addiction just, it, it slows you down. It, it prevents you from being who you are. Um, you, you're able to see things clearly. You're able to think more clearly. Your relationships are better. And I think that, being able to demonstrate, and that's really what it is in long-term recovery, is being able to demonstrate others what recovery is like. So for those of you that have been in recovery for years and have stopped going to meetings and stopped being part of the fellowship and stopped being around other people, uh, you need to stop doing that. You need to be around people that are new in recovery because we demonstrate what recovery is and we show what is possible mm-hmm. in your life. But you can you you never know that unless you see it and you have to see it in other people. And if you're in long-term recovery, that's you you need to get out there and do it but um you become so much more capable you just do you know i I agree with that a hundred percent because i think that you know a lot of the people i knew before i had my spiritual awakening they look at my life now and they're like wow you have no fun in your life because you're you have to wake up at five you know i have some practices that are about two to two and a half hours in the morning and they're like well you you have to wake up early you don't eat a lot and drink a lot of the I mean, I don't drink alcohol, I don't drink caffeine and stuff. But, you know, and they say, well, you don't have any fun in your life anymore. <laughs> and I, I bought into that for a little yeah. bit there where I was like, oh my God, did I really give up everything? Now it's time to reintegrate. And I tried those things. So to, to your point, Mike, I went back to that mm-hmm. for a little bit and I thought, wow, this does not feel good to me at all because I'm not able to operate and function at a level that I like being at. Mm-hmm. I'm able to create things. I'm able to create a radio show. I'm able to be here live with you and speak on a topic like this. So there are a lot of little things that shift because it allows us to really dial in to our best self Mm -hmm. so not to be trite and I know we use this best self quite often but the reality is it really does allow you to connect to the best part of yourself and that's what this journey is about whether you're in recovery or you're in a spiritual journey you want to connect with the best part of who you are all day every day not just in a piecemeals not just when you're in retreat but all the time and that's what it allows you to do when you commit to something that allows you to transform yourself to that next level so a lot of people refer to this as the next level you in the corporate settings they call it the next level you and I was like 
It does make sense. That's what we are. In the recovery world, in the 12-step world, we, we refer to that as the a fourth dimension that you didn't even know it existed. Oh, You find I like a, that. A, fourth, a fourth dimension that yeah. you didn't even know was there. And th- I think that's what it is, is that we it, now in the, at this point in recovery, like this part of life, I didn't even know was there. And the problem is, is convincing people because of our stubbornness. And that's really what it comes down to is our stubbornness in being able to do this. It's amazing to me, you know, when you're in a treatment center or you're um, in a detox center like where I'm at now, um, getting into debates with people. Hmm. All of the time. You know, I always tell the story. I say, it's funny. It's usually, no offense to my lawyer friends out there, but it's usually a lawyer <clears throat> that will get into this argument with me and I'll I'll put up something on the board and, well, maybe the, the science behind uh, addiction, progressive addiction, and I'll, I'll get some lawyer that will say, well, you know... Uh, so I'm listening to you there, and um, I'm not going to agree with you on there because back in 2017, uh, you know, such and such university did a peer-reviewed journal uh, study on what you're talking about, and they uh, contraindicated what you had to say. <laughs> like, really? And you keep talking about God, and there's no empirical evidence of God. And what I say to them is, you know, um, I don't know if you realize this, but on, on Friday night we found you um, in a puddle of your own vomit and urine. And here we are on Monday morning talking about addiction, and and you want to get into a debate with me about theology and peer-reviewed journals and things like that. You know, it seems like your life has done a real big change from Friday to now. Um, You know, you're going to have a hard time in recovery when you think this way, because what you're trying to do is you're trying to justify your use. You're trying to mm-hmm. uh, imagine here we are in detox and you're debating the counselor, you're debating the doctors, you're debating the nurses, you know, people that understand this stuff. And you're really what you're trying to do is you're trying to, in your mind, justify continuing to do what brought what put you into that gutter and put you into that puddle of your own vomit and urine um and that's the disease remember i talked about how addiction is a disease of the mind and the body mind and the body and that's the mind that's the disease remember it's the disease that when you have it it tells you you don't have it it tells Mm -hmm. you and it protects itself it's the only disease that we know that protects itself in that way and that's what people are doing when they say that but if you're out there and you're struggling right now with addiction and you can relate to what i just said my first bit of advice to you is going to be stop that drop out of that debating club and just listen in a year i promise you this in one year if you just listen to what we have to say and follow the principles that we're talking about and if your life still sucks after a year we will be like walmart and we will refund your misery back to you and won't even ask for a receipt we'll just give you your misery back but guess what what you're going to find is that your life is going to get better you know why it's going to get better because it can't not get better it will get better about 80 percent of all of your problems if you think about it if you're in the midst of addiction and 80 percent of all your problems are a direct result of your addiction not all of your problems, but the vast majority of them. And if you get sober, that other 20%, you'll be better equipped to deal with. You're going to have to trust me on that. You have to trust me on that. Um, there is no evidence in your life that your addiction is making your life better. 
Is that, I mean, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it, it ties into this concept of now everybody's really familiar with this and we can talk about this in the whole world is self-love. So what boil, what it boils down to is when you consistently do something, in the case of recovery, for example, that you know is not good, better, not good for you and bad for your higher growth then you consistently keep doing it you take away from yourself and so it's a very toxic way of being with ourselves right Right. so what ends up happening is over time that toxicity starts to translate into aches and pains in our body you know people start throwing and that's why when people drink too much they are throwing up right because your body can't handle it so it's letting you know that you're creating this toxic relationship with yourself and people keep doing it but and and so that once you start seeing the beauty and the beauty in yourself then you it's easier to make that shift right so there's even just that one inkling of hope that i wish that people feel and that's why i think meditation is a really good tool because sometimes it takes only like five to ten minutes for you to just drop into your heart and feel that heart space and that little bit of hope is what keeps people going to the next and to the next and to the next milestone so it's really important to to remember that that no matter what the journey or whatever whether you're recovering from addiction to food or alcohol or drugs or whatever it may be you want to keep coming back to that self in a very wholesome way so just you know gently pressing Mm -hmm. upon your heart and acknowledging that you are human, you are here, you're here for a beautiful experience and your life matters. Mm -hmm. And that's why recovery is not just about not drinking or drugging. It's all the other things that you're talking about. It's a whole program of recovery. And that meditation, that reflection, that service, that connecting with other people, it's all it all goes together and i i tell you that when i first came into recovery i remember when i was at first exposed to all these different concepts i didn't understand it i really thought like when they gave me the big book of alcoholics anonymous i thought that was going to be like a, an instruction manual on not on that how not to drink i thought it was <laughs> here's how you don't drink and they they were talking about meditation they were talking about reflection they were talking about examining your life and i didn't understand i was like what is this all about what what does that have to do with anything having to do with not drinking when actuality has everything to do with it now of course there's the the toxic part and your body uh having a physical uh craving for for alcohol but that goes away but that goes away fairly quickly Mm. and then after that 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 acute phase that's why you have we have to go through detox because you have to be you physically have to be detoxed off of drugs and alcohol but after that what keeps you sober is not really the desire to drink or drug because it's the mental part. It's that mental, spiritual um, uh, breakdown that will take you back out. Because if you think about it after 11 years, if I was to walk out of here right now and go and drink, it wouldn't be a craving for alcohol, my, a physical craving. It would be some other breakdown in my mm. spiritual life that would take me back out. 
And that's a really important point. So I think as we sum up this, it does come back to making that decision to make that change. And But you're really dis- not really deciding to give up alcohol, give up this, that, and the other thing. What you're really deciding on is to live your best life as yeah. your best self. And that's in summary what I would say is you're really committing to yourself at a very deep level that you are going to live your best life. Yeah, absolutely. Folks, we all have we all have this journey that we're on and you have to decide what is your purpose on planet Earth while you're here cuz we're all here for just a brief period of time. And the way that I look at it is we are here to serve others. And being sober is the best way that we can do it. Because if we're not sober, then we really aren't of any use to other people. So let's make sure that we we get sober and and get together with someone that that can help you uh, achieve that. And what Aparna and I are doing is we're providing you those tools that will help you achieve that goal. Uh, But check out, there's a lot of literature out there, a lot of spiritual practices, a lot of recordings that you can listen to. So having said that, um, we do check us out on Facebook. Uh, We're now going to be up on YouTube. We're doing that here today, this recording. Uh, Not only this show, but then I have a podcast as well that you can listen to called Recovery is Possible. Check out Aparna's show, which is every Tuesdays and Fridays, as is mine at 10.30. Please check that out. Go back and listen to all of the episodes that we put out there and that will help you on a better journey in your life and so with that uh partner do you want to talk about your show as well and how they can contact you yeah, you can reach me at www.aparnasane.com. I have a website there, and I don't have a sophisticated social media <laughs> presence yet, but I am working on that. I am also going to be have a YouTube channel, Aparna Sane, uh, just my name. So thank you so much for having me, and it's always a pleasure. We're going to wrap up today's episode. Until next time, you're listening to WERA 96.7 Arlington. So that was my interview with Aparna Sane in the studios of WERA 96.7 in Arlington, Virginia. And it's all about making that decision, folks, making that decision to get into recovery. Because you can do it, as I always like to say, recovery is possible. And we can do it. Again, please share this information with anyone that you know that struggles with an addiction issue. Maybe it's yourself. Maybe it's someone you work with, family members, friends. But we need to get this information out, Uh, particularly with this era of uh, the fentanyl epidemic. uh, It's not going to get better. It's not going to get better at all. And in fact, the numbers are trending in the wrong direction. And we can't wait on the government to help us. We can't wait for uh, anyone really to help us uh, put this horrible pandemic uh, under control. But what we can do is work on our own issues and work on ourselves to get through this and recover because it definitely is possible. And uh, with that, this episode of Recovery is Possible is brought to you by Retreat Behavioral Health, where there are endless possibilities for recovery. Retreat provides quality care at their leading mental health and substance use treatment centers, which are designed to offer patients truly personalized and comprehensive programs that are tailored to their needs. Retreat Substance Use and Mental Health Treatment Centers in Palm Beach County, Florida, Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, and New Haven, Connecticut do everything in their power to ensure that patients receive the highest quality treatment in a safe and comfortable setting. So reach out today at RetreatBehavioralHealth.com or call at 855-802-6600. 
for more information. And guys, with that, I will be talking with you soon. Remember, recovery is possible if you work at it. So let's get to work, shall we? Talk to you next time. Thank you.